It's life on life's terms. Back in action, the Life on Life Terms podcast, and I'm Tom Robinson, and uh, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program. But we are big fans. But we are big fans. (laughs) Um, My name is Chris Mandeville. Um, I am a heroin addict in recovery. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, we got away from saying that. And I don't know if people were wondering that, but uh, we are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass. on Quincy Ave. Um, lots of resources here. Um, I was actually here last night for an amazing meeting. Um, oh, you were? Yes. Uh, you can find us on lolterms.com. Please subscribe. Please like and subscribe and share. We are on Apple Podcasts as the Life on Life's Terms podcast. Uh, Google, Google Play. Play. Same thing. You uh, have to um, download a player. If you got have Google or Android phone, download the uh, play uh, Google Play uh, podcast player, and then mm-hmm. you can search that. And some of the players didn't have us on there. I know I'm going to get to the bottom of that, but yeah, I actually found us on my Amazon Fire Stick too. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, that's very. I could cool. watch it right from my bed or nice whatever. <laughs> um, and so. What anything else we have to talk about? Um, Any other events? No, no. All right. So tonight we have um, Kayla, um, a friend of mine, had reached out um, because you know we always say that we want to come at this from from different angles, um, and not everyone that we have on here is in recovery, and Kayla is one of them, um, but her life has been affected by. Uh, addictions addiction substance use disorder whatever you want to call it um and she's going to share her story with us tonight so (laughs) yeah so thanks for coming on yes we appreciate it you're you're young um i think a lot of people out there need to hear this um alan on people please share this yes um Um, please point acoa adult children all that stuff yeah um Alateen, learn to cope. Many more ripples of pain that happen from this disease than uh, Um, just the sick and suffering addict. Yeah. You know, we we can tend to think that we're only affecting ourselves, um, but I know for a fact that I affected my kids. I was only hurting myself. Yeah. Um, So we're going to turn it over to Kayla, and she's going to share. So when I was 17, uh, my brother actually died from a drug overdose. Um, He was only 26 at the time. Um, It's been very hard um, since, you know, he died. Um, And now did that, was was that at home? So he was actually, he lived in Amherst at the time. Um, So he actually was at a halfway house uh, he broke curfew. They asked s- him to leave. I'm sorry. He was only 26. Yes, he was 26. Okay. How old yeah. were you? I was 17. I'm 17, 20 now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was in treatment out in Amherst. Yeah. Um, and you know they he broke curfew. They told him to leave. Um, he had nowhere to go. He ended up at this, you know, an old friend's house, and that's where he stayed for uh, his last couple of days of his life. Um, An old friend's house in Amherst? Yes, in Amherst. Somewhere right. out there. Um, so he he had gotten kicked out of the halfway house. This kid that he knew said he could stay with him and yeah. probably wasn't doing the best thing. No. Do you have, <laughs> have anger towards that person? Um, No. Um, you know, it, it's, it was his choice on where he was going to go. Yeah. Um, more so, I have anger towards the halfway house. Um, you know, I think if people are out there and they're really trying to get help, why are you going to kick them out? Because they broke curfew. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand rules are rules, but, 
you know, instead of, oh, you broke curfew, you have to leave, <clears throat> say, you broke curfew, so tomorrow you have to scrub toilets. Right. Like, you know, See, that's, give them, that's give the, them the, the place that we went through was, was something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, you know, I think that's just, I think it's better, and I think that's how it should go instead of, oh, sorry, I know that you're trying to get help, but now you need to leave. Take your pass away, yeah. 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 yeah if, like, if, if a person is using around the presence of other people who are trying to stay sober. Oh, yeah, of course, that's definitely. That's a different story, but yeah. the curfew thing, someone made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and maybe they, they, they probably, you know, feel terrible about that, I'm sure, you know. Or right, maybe. yeah. Yeah, but Possibly. ultimately now, like, for being lady paid the ultimate price. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you, if you want to get really, get down to it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I can understand your resentment and anger towards that treatment facility. Right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Now, he's out there. Did this kid call you guys or? No. Um, the story of how we found out he died is actually kind of crazy. We actually found out through Facebook. Uh, nobody called us. We had no idea. We saw posts from his friends in Amherst saying, like, rest in peace. And, you know, some of my family members are, like, calling my mom and his very close friend, Danny. Um, they were friends since they were in preschool. You know, he's like, I'm seeing all this stuff on Facebook. I really hope it's not true. Um, and, you know, so we called, um, like, the the police department or something out there. My mom did. And um, they said yes. Um, he did die. We found him. Or the friend came home from work or something and found him and called the ambulance. So we actually didn't even find out until the next day. So he died yeah. May 13th. We didn't find out until May 14th, like very early in the morning. Um, mm. That's... It, yeah, there's still a lot of questions that I have, a lot of things that... That probably will never be answered. Yeah. Um, right. I Yeah, I still have, like, no idea about, um, you know, half of how it all went down, so... So he... Fair to say you were, you were a young kid when he was, you know, in his... You know, caught up in his addiction. Yeah, so... We have an eight-year difference between us. Um, he tried to keep me very sheltered from his addiction. He didn't talk to me about it. Mm. He didn't like to. Um, you know, he wanted everything to stay. He wanted, like, me to stay away from everything that was going on. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it didn't always happen like that. Um but he knew what he was doing was wrong, and he was trying to protect you from it. Is, right, is yeah. I mean, yeah. growing up in a house with an addict, um, you see some stuff, you know? Mm. It's yep. it's not like he could completely be, I could be completely, like, protected from it. You know, I've I found drugs in my house. I've seen him high, like, multiple, mm. multiple times. Um, you know, it's not always, like, you can't protect everybody from it i guess yes it's, if they're in the same house yeah, so yeah. unfortunately it spills out you think you think you're hiding it but it's it's, yeah. it's blatantly and obvious it's very to, obvious yeah to, to people that know what's going on yeah did you did you quite did you as a kid maybe not quite grasp the no danger? no um yeah. he was an addict for a very very long time um and the way that he started was um he got an injury in baseball, mm -hmm. and the doctor prescribed him some heavy pain medication. Um, he could not wean off of them the right way. My mom took them away from him. Of course, she's thinking she's doing the right thing, and um, you know she didn't give him the time to like come off of those. How, which, so how long do you think he was on the pain meds for? His injury. I'm not exactly sure. Probably too long, obviously. Yes. If he, if he, yes. Yeah. If um, he was, from from what you're describing, it sounds like he was he was going into withdrawal. Yeah. You know. Um, and then you know he kind of figured out, oh, I can just get these from 
my friends, mm-hmm. um, my oh. grandfather, who he lived with at the time, um, was also like a very sick person. Um, he had like COPD and, um, you know, just a ton of health problems. Um, he also was prescribed these from his doctor because like he needed them so he could like get up and move. Like he was just always in pain. So, you know, my brother also kind of figured out, oh, well, I can just take a couple from him every now and then. And, you know, that's kind of where it like escalated. Um, so he was doing that in high school. Mm. Um, he was probably like freshman, sophomore. Yeah, I, like I remember that. when my son went to uh, Quincy High, and he was telling me that the kids in the sports teams were like crushing OCs on their desk and sniffing them right off their desk. Yeah, and yeah. and now it it was the those kids, like the kids that were playing sports, and and the ones that you wouldn't think would be involved in that. He right. was yeah. like, because I've been very open with my son since I got custody of him. Thank God after having some time in recovery. Right. Right. Um, but he was like, yeah, dad, you, you, they're, they're like crushing pills right in the classroom and sniffing them off the desk, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. If, you know, freshman year in high school, being exposed to this stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I can't, I can't even. Yeah. I just can't even imagine because the power, the addictive power of, of opioid drugs, I mean, combined with the, uh, the house, the youth, I, at least I, when I started doing dope, I started with heroin when I was 24. Mm. And I was kind of going through some stuff, you know, a little breakup. And and so I dove right into it hard. But, um, I mean, that young, you just don't have a chance. No, yeah. What um, chance do you have? Yeah. All right. So now they find him out in Amherst. You guys find out on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't. I don't agree with, you know, if, if you know from the family or something like that and you've confirmed this, that would be one thing. Right. But right. It, all yeah. too often this happens. Someone <laughs> dies and people are posting stuff about it and RIPs. Yeah, wait, wait, wait a few days at least, yeah. you know, yeah. just jump on Facebook and start. Right. Because, I mean, I don't think there's a more awful way to find out that one of your loved ones has passed away than through oh social God. media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> There's probably no real good way, though. Huh? Right, right. I mean, I, I, um, I, I had to tell my aunt that her son was dead. You know, mm-hmm. I. Yeah, that's firsthand. He was upstairs. She was downstairs. You know, and uh, that was pretty bad too. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know? Yeah. So now, what happens after you guys find out? Um, you know, we had well, my mom had to actually go out to Amherst and identify the body um which you know that's no mother should have to see their kid like that that's just insane um you know we just we were all like in shock really um you know you when somebody that you love is um an addict you kind of always have this little voice in the back of your head like you know, they're going to die. This is how they're going to die. And, you know, you never want to, like, believe it. You never, like, fully are like, oh, yeah, that, that they're definitely going to die from this. Um, but, you know, you always have that little voice. But when it actually happens, it's just, it's a shock. There's disbelief. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you, he was out in treatment. You think he's, everything's going to be good. Yeah. This is great. He's, yeah. He's taking care of himself. And then, yeah. boom. Right. You know, yeah. this gets dropped on you. It was, yeah. But it's, it's a possibility. Um, you know, when you when you're abusing opioids and or benzos, like you think you can, you know, go back out there and and try it again. But that's not always the case. Right. Um, you know, that next time you go out could and may be your last. Did you see that the? the uh they're putting so much fentanyl and cocaine now that's surpassed uh, heroin for overdoses. The cocaine from overdose yeah. from fentanyl. Yeah, um, I I know a few kids so that weird. have overdosed yeah. because they had fentanyl in their cocaine. 
Yeah, and and people it's buy crazy. people yeah. buy in Perk Thirties, and they're not even real Perks; they're pressed fentanyl. And people yeah. that that were doing six or seven pills, they're doing one, and they're dying. Yeah, you know. So it's nothing nice now. As far as as far as addiction, was your brother? The only one in the family, or is there oh, anything no, else? No, no. Um, my grandparents were into drugs, you know, like all the way from like when my mom was a little kid. Mm. And they were kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, they were off and on kind of their whole lives. Um, and that's why my grandfather was like so sick. Because he had just used and abused his body so bad. Yeah, right. Um, now, were they, there they was like the hippie generation, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, even during my lifetime, they're still doing heroin. So, you know, it wasn't only my brother in the house that was doing it. It was them, too. Mm. Um, so, my grandfather was more so doing it when my brother was getting into pills um, and I think, you know, when my grandfather kind of realized, okay, wow, like, he's doing drugs because I'm doing drugs, that's when he stopped. He stopped doing heroin altogether. Um, my grandmother, on the other hand, didn't stop. Um, she was doing heroin all the way up until my freshman year of high school, Um I was actually the one who found out she was still doing it. I found her drugs in the house. Um, it was just like crazy, crazy mess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not just them either. Like, my family's full of addicts, alcoholics, um, you know, just from not just like my immediate family, like, you know, my grandfather's brothers and sisters were addicts and mm. alcoholics um some of their kids were so you know it it's goes definitely a family disease. yes yeah it goes all the way to like extended family too not just yeah. my immediate family that's pretty common i i would i would yeah. say yeah definitely um like you you know you if you're raised with with that you know even if it's just a little bit of awareness of what's going on um you know, you're more apt to either go extremely one way, like staying away from it, or you end up right in it just as much as, you know, the, the, yeah. your, your family members. When I was a kid and before I ended up <clears throat> drinking uh, at the age of 13, uh, there was a um, picture of my grandfather and one of his buddies from the Navy. And they were, you know, he went through World War II and all that stuff. And he is, he, they were... Looked like they were having a good time, and he had his hat like that, one of those classic Navy hats, like kicked off to the side, and he had a smile on his face. And uh, and he was an alcoholic, a functioning functioning alcoholic. Mm. And, you know, it was just like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want to be. I want to have good times with my friends. I want to be like him. You know what I mean? And I was totally primed by that, you know, just by that that one picture just in my mind, you know? Yeah. You know what I made, mean? Made Drinking alcohol look attractive. As soon as I got the bottle in my hand, I was like, "Yes, this is this is for me." Yeah, you know what I mean. Not always the case. No, <laughs> definitely was not for me. Well, it probably wouldn't have been for him either. He probably would have had a lot, a lot uh, more varied and interesting life mm. than coming home from work every day, sitting on the couch, having a six pack of beer, and going to sleep. Mm. You know what I mean. So now, you're you guys are trying to process this whole you know, overdose and, and, you know, what, what ends up happening, you know, with, with the family? Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, um, uh, my mom and I have been closer than we ever have been f before. Um, mm. you know, my mom was, um, a teen mom with my brother. She had him when she was 15 and that, affected her a lot as an adult you know she had a baby when she was still a baby so it was very hard for her to parent my brother mm -hmm. so that's kind of how he ended up with my grandparents uh my, my mother had me when i was uh six, when she was 16 yeah 
Yeah, and, it's uh, very hard. Yeah, and I, and I was raised in the beginning up until I was like seven by her and my grandparents in my grandparents' home. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Had, and I, can I have a little that. experience with that, too. I was 13 years old when I got a girl pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thankfully, the child was given up for adoption because, I mean – I had yeah. a paper uh, yeah. route. I had a paper <laughs> route. What am I going to do? How am I going to do that? Girls stand next to Chris and they get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Uh, <laughs> don't hang your coat next to mine. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I understand that. And that affected my life. And, you know, at the age of 13, going into high school, I go to I went to a vocational school, so us freshmen are working with the juniors, you know, and they're trying to teach us. That was like a rite of passage for me. They were like, You got a kid? Here, hit this hash pipe. Like right away and I'm like Yeah You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm in. You know, I was like ninety nine pounds, like four foot nothing, you know? Yeah. So it, it like it, it definitely affected my childhood. Yeah. Or absolutely. lack thereof. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, is your is your mom an addict? I have suspicions, I guess, of her using drugs. Um, oh, so she's that's never been open. open. Question. Yeah, yeah okay. she's never been open about it. And I, I mean, I guess like, who wants to tell their daughter that they're on drugs? Like nobody, right? You right. know what I mean? So, right. but she's not in recovery. That's all I was asking. Um. I mean, as of right now, do I think she's using drugs? Absolutely not. She's doing very, very good. Um, In my earlier years, I guess, I have some suspicions even from like, you know, five years ago. Yeah. But um, by all by all accounts she's probably a normie. She's not she's not like one of us, an addict, like a like a like a true alcoholic who right, needs yeah. recovery. Right. Yeah. 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 That's I guess what so, I was getting at. Yeah. 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 I mean, um Like like your brother knew he was, he was he sought out recovery because uh, he seen it was affecting his life or yeah. others seen it was affecting his life and pushed him in that direction or right. You know. right. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, she's never been. She's never told me. She's ever, if I've ever brought it up, she's denied it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't. Say, well, there's plenty of guilt, know. shame, remorse. There's all exactly. types of things that you go through. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can't know? say I wouldn't do the same. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and it could be just to to protect you as well. Yeah. You know, of course, of course. So, grandfather, grandmother, both addicts. Um, yes. So after my brother died, my grandfather died actually three months after him. Wow. And then my grandmother died a year after my grandfather. Wow. So, um, from, from drugs? Um, no, I mean, I guess ultimately like, yes. Um, they died of like natural causes, I guess. Like, you know, my grandmother's had like kidney disease and liver disease. My grandfather had yeah. liver disease, COPD. He had so many things. Um, so but just, you know, they wouldn't have had those things if they didn't do drugs. Right. right. So I mean, right. ultimately I guess yes from drugs. But that's not what it says on their death yes, certificate. Yes, exactly, yep. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the... the uh, if if you survive it, it steals years from your life. You oh yes, I mean? and, yes, uh, absolutely. It's just um, the longer you go, the worse off you're gonna you're gonna have to rebound from that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like I remember when I was, you know, pretty young and and caught up in in heroin addiction, and I tried the methadone clinic, and I looked around, and all the people that I seen that were on that, they just all looked beat up and old, and and yeah, you know, like red-faced and and just not healthy at all right not healthy that's and 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 i was like i don't want that but i went on for years after just still abusing heroin and 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 i looked even worse without your permission (laughs) you know right and it all it does is it takes time from you at the time you just chase that high forever and then it and then it ultimately takes your health you know and you you know even so so 
three people within 16 months. Yes. Pretty much. Yep. Mm-hmm. So your, your your brother passed away three months later, your grandfather, and then a year after your grandfather, your grandmother. Yeah. So my grandmother was actually one year, one month to the day from my grandfather. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now how long had they been together? Do you know? My grandparents, like over... Forever. Yeah, forever. Like <laughs> forever. My, my grandmother was like 18 when she met him. So, yeah, they've been, they were together for a very, very long time. And, you know, my grandmother knew about all of her health problems. Um, and she was, you know, she had kidney disease. So she would go to the doctor and suffer that. Um, but after my grandfather died, she just kind of gave up on herself. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're with someone that long, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like, a, it's like you die of a broken heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they and, say. And also, Ultimately your body just, he was like so sick. She was his caretaker. Yeah. So when he died, it was kind of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Now I got nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. So she just kind of like sat at home all day. Like she didn't have anything to do. I got her a dog. so yeah. <laughs> She wouldn't be lonely, but yeah, yeah well, no, she was. When life mo- loses its purpose, the, the mind has a lot, a lot to do with keeping us going. Yes, yeah. you know absolutely. I mean? Like um, this guy, Victor Frankl, wrote this book about the, the Holocaust. He went through the Holocaust as a psychiatrist. And he said the people that survived were the people that had a, had a reason to survive. Mm. Like they were going to see their wife again or they were going to. You know, do something. Get back at with the their end. kids. Yes. Yeah. Something was going to ha- They had a plan, and they're the ones who survived, and the ones who didn't survive were just the people who were just like, give Gave up. up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, what What do you think? Are you, do you feel angry? Um, no. I mean, that's a lot of loss yeah. and, and, and grieving in a very right. short yeah. time. Like, yeah. how do you even. You're not even processed one with one, and then, you know, there's two right. more. Um, so I was actually living with my grandparents um, for, you know, when I was 15. That's when I, like, officially moved in with them. Mm. Um, but, you know, I was very close with them throughout my whole life. So, you know, when my brother and my grandfather died, it was like, okay, my grandmother is, like, the last one that I have. My relationship with my mom at that point wasn't great. Um, we were working on it. It was, but it wasn't what we have now, I guess. Um, you know, I felt very like, you know, my grandma was the only one I had. Um, and, you know, when I got the call that she was in the hospital and that she wasn't doing well, it was like my whole world like completely tipped upside down. It was like, I live with her. Um, she supports me. She's the one that feeds me, puts a roof over my head. Like, right. what am I going to do now? So now the like severity of the situation. Yeah. So it was all, it was like all, it just all came down at once. Like, um, so what originally happened was she actually fell down and she broke her hip. <laughs> so she had like hip surgery and then she was in a, like a rehab. Mm-hmm. For, like physical therapy and everything um and then one day at the rehab she her heart rate was very very low so they brought her to the hospital and then while she was in the ambulance she coded mm. um what's that mean like she flatline pretty yeah. much oh really yeah um so she was brought to she was like rushed to sell your hospital for whatever reason, she put me as her proxy. I was like eighteen. So you, so now I you're, was her you're healthcare proxy. Yeah, at you're 18. eighteen, and you're to so, make the decisions on her. Yeah, so end of life care or. Yeah. So I'm know, getting all these the phone calls from like these doctors saying your grandmother's not in good health, and you know, blah blah blah. Like you need to come get her, and I'm like. Oh my god! Like, like she has four kids. Why am I the one? Yeah, right. <laughs> doing this wow. right now. So that's a lot. Yeah, um, I actually had them like call my uncle. I was like, "This is the person that she said she would have wanted to be her proxy." I don't know why she put me down, but like you can give him a call. Um, yeah, I mean, because you're 18, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, you're, um, I don't really know what she was thinking, but um, that's well, that's just it. She may not have been, and, and right. you might have been yeah. the only person that popped into her head. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. And who knows if she was, was she, if she was in during active addiction, addiction at the time when she wrote that down. Yeah. Then she could be could have just been thinking about herself and just wanted to get the paperwork over with. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. So, I'm I'm going to ask a question. I haven't heard much about it, but. What about uh, your father in this whole situation? My father has never been in my life. Okay. Um, he was in my brother's life um, for a little bit. So when I was about two, my father just kind of up and left and never talked to us again. Mm. Um, and that's another thing that my brother had to deal with in life was abandonment from him. Right. You know, he just up and left with no explanation a phone call here and there, and then that was it. Um, I haven't heard from him at all. Um, I haven't seen him since he left. So it's been 18 years now. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, my brother was about around like 10 when he left. So, you know, you got to figure like you're 10. That's when you're starting to like need your father. In your yeah. Life. You're, that's male like, role model coming yeah, into your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so basically, mom was a single parent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of put on her plate as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why my grandparents stepped in for my brother. I think. Um, you know, my mom. Obviously, she had my brother at fifteen. She doesn't have like a college education or anything. Right. She doesn't have a degree in anything. She always had jobs that she had to just pay bills. Right. It right. wasn't ever like she had a career, you know. Um, she did what she did because she had to. And she had to, you know, feed us. She had to keep a roof over my yeah. head. Same thing, same thing with me. My mom had like, I don't know, five, six, seven jobs. Like yeah. So, she'd work one day here, two days over there. And, and yeah. then... You know everything in between. You know, yeah. I so I understand that mm -hmm. it's hard and it's it's uh, takes a strong person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To go day to day, day to day, day to day. Oh, I know. Um, keep going. She definitely was um, a very strong, like woman role model for me. Yeah. Um. You know, she taught me like I don't need no man to take care of me. Yeah. She always. Took care of hair men, like, you know, um, she was always, I don't know, she she was just very strong. And, um, you know, when I saw, when I have my suspicions about her, um, you know, possibly getting into drugs, it was a period of her time where it was like, well, you know, everybody can take care of me and, you know, I don't need to work. And that was... She turned into a person that I had no idea who she was. Mm. Um, and that's kind of why I have those suspicions. Um, but, you know, she's back to her old self. She's back to supporting um, herself. She has a job. She works every single day, like nonstop. So, you know, she's back to the way she was before. Yeah. And I can so, definitely tell the difference. So now... Your, your grandparents have passed on, like, so what, did they own a house? Were they renting, like? No. Because um, I'm, I'm assuming that there was a lot of stuff to have to deal with. Yeah. You know, so, when, um, when they passed. We lived in an apartment um, in Quincy. Um, you know, my grandmother, well, both of them, they never saved any money. They yeah. were addicts their whole life. They never had any money to save. Mm. Um, my grandmother actually cashed in her 401k for drugs. So, yeah. you know, we mm. had nothing. Well, they had nothing. Um, so, um, when my grandmother died, I had moved in with my uncle that lived in Quincy at the time. Um, and then I kind of just was staying at my boyfriend's house and just never left. And now I live there. <laughs> Um, mm. so, um, I mean, his mom is amazing. She is 
definitely like a rock in my life. Um, you can you can really see the ripples that addiction ha- yes, has. With, yeah, with just so, story, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's totally pushed you in all sorts of directions. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yes. Um, so now the audacity. Of of us as addicts to say that we're only hurting ourselves is it's just criminal, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating. I have to say, <laughs> I yeah. know that you guys, you know, addicts are they're very self centered and, um, you know, they don't realize what they're doing. But you know, I feel like they need to. <laughs> they well, need to realize everything that comes out of your mouth as an a- a- active addict is something to try to justify. You don't even know what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. You're just yeah. you're just trying to get somebody off your back because you want right. to go use again because you're using without your own permission, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. You think mm-hmm. you're out having a good time, but it's got you. Right. So. Yeah. And, and you know you see it you see it more often nowadays like like you said your brother had hurt himself he you know he gets put on this pain medication like i think that there's other ways to to help with this stuff this this you know a lot of times that that's that's the answer that's like here we'll just we'll throw some medication at this yeah you know yeah um and it's not monitored it's not you know they're not keeping track of it it's like okay just heard on the news today about the whole trial that's going on with the oxys and the and the the pharmaceutical companies even me i had a very minor minor surgery on my ear and they gave me 25 oxycodones yeah (laughs) it's like why why do i need those and it didn't even hurt (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i mean i was in pain but like they were like, "Oh well, you can't take regular like Tylenol and stuff like that because it clots your blood." Doc, so this I got is this what you have to use. Yeah. It's like, killing me. Yeah, I, I really. I, yeah. I had just went through a. Um, I had went through a um, appendix surgery just recently, and I stressed to them like I do not want to take any opiates. Um, and one of the nurses that was there, he was awesome. He he made a bracelet that you know it was an allergy bracelet, so they had to look at it, and it said. You know, in recovery, no opioids, because sometimes when you're out, they may hit you with pain medication so that when you wake up, you're not feeling any pain. You know, what I mean? right. it's yeah. kind of like they're, they're a preemptive strike against it, you know. Right. So, you know, I was grateful for that and I was fine. Like, yeah, I was I was uncomfortable. Um, it hurt, but nothing that some Tylenol and some Motrin wouldn't take care of. Right. Yeah, you well, know? pain, you know what? I mean. Unless it's really excruciating, yeah. Hey, it lets you know you're alive. So now that, so back to to your story. So you've lost your your brother, your grandmother, and your grandfather. Um, you like you said, your world's pretty much tipped upside down. Yeah. <laughs> you know where do you, where do you go from there? And that was it. Wasn't even that long ago. No, uh, my grandmother died. Um, only like a year ago, um, and my brother is now two and a half years. My grandfather is like two years. Um, so, what have you what have you done to to make it this far and and um, you know be a, I just I, I wouldn't just, say okay with the situation, but right you know I just keep going. Um, I don't know. I just I strive to make them proud. Um, I don't want to like give up or anything. Um, I want to have a good life for myself. Um, That's the best thing you can I don't do. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and you know stuff like this, like sharing your story, because you had shared it somewhere else before. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, my old high school, North Quincy High School. Um, I'm very close with one of the teachers there. She's like the person that got me through high school. Yeah. Um, she, you know, had me come in her class and share my story. Um, and it was it was a great experience. It's like it's therapeutic almost. Yeah. To just yeah. be able to talk and people listen, and it's yeah. it's great. I love yeah. We it, have so. we have a saying: a problem shared is a problem cut in half. Yeah. You know? Have you uh, have you gone to any therapy? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in therapy, you know, before all my losses, um, because obviously I was dealing with a lot. Um, you know, I had active addicts around me all the time. Um, and it was very hard to see that. So I was in therapy for that for a while. Um, I was, I'm, I still go to therapy every once in a while. Um, you know, I've dealt with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, Mm. um, you know, just because of the constant stress that I was under at home. Um, and you know, so you know, I still go, I still, I mean, I still struggle every day with depression. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like, no, I'm fine. I'm cured. Well, th- well, that's the thing you see. And I, I have mild depression from time to time. What depression can be, from what I understand, is anger turned inwards. Yeah. So you don't want to be angry at anybody, especially people that are gone that you loved. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so instead of getting outwardly angry... You suppress it and it goes in, and that's that's not healthy. That's depression. Yeah. Um, so you might want you know, there's the stages of grief that you're supposed to go to and uh, go through. And I know if anything I know about feelings is that you got to feel them. You got to feel all the feelings. Yeah. You got to get Definitely, them out. Definitely, yeah. Because when I was when I was using, I would I would suppress feelings for years, and they would come back at, when I finally got sober. Yeah. You know, I had to go through them all still. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's different ways of suppressing feelings, you know. It's not just drinking and drugging, but I mean, you know, using anything to get out of out of yourself and out of the feelings. It's not feeling. Yep. Yeah. You know. So, um if if someone has gone through something like this, what would what would be something that you would say to them that has helped you? Um I mean, just Focus on yourself, I feel like. Um, You know, I think, you know, something tragic like that happens to you. All you focus on is, well, they're gone. I'm never going to see them again, like this and that. But it's like you can't think that way all the time. Right. You have to think about yourself, too. You have to be selfish and say, this is what I need from me. Um and especially for me at like a young age, um, I mean, I'm only 20. So um, this is kind of the time in life where you're supposed to be selfish regardless. You're mm. supposed to be doing things for yourself anyways. Um, so, you know, just focus on yourself. Focus on making sure that those people or person that you lost sees what you're doing and is you know, you're up, you're trying to make them proud and, um, you know, you can't, you can't focus on them being gone. Yeah. There's gone, they're gone. There's nothing that you can do about it. Um, and as sad as that sounds, I mean, you, you have to move on. Yes. I mean, but you can also like, you know, basically what you're doing now, like not let these people have lost their lives in vain. Right. You know, like, yeah. It, although it is extremely negative, um, you can turn it into something positive. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of groups out there and organizations that can help you with this. I know Learn to Cope is a great organization for people who have lost people in addiction or people who have, you know, family members in addiction. Um, hmm. You know, Al Anon, ACOA. Yeah. Um, for me, I can. F- just I can when when you're speaking, I can hear the pain. I can feel that you're in pain. <laughs> yeah. And, and and if anybody's out there uh, and they're thinking about going back out or they're using, you just think of the person that you love the most and know that you could put them through that pain. You know. Right. Yeah. I want to. You know, I want to spread my brother's message because I want to make sure that no other. Little sister has to feel what I feel, or right, little right. brother, or whoever it is. Like I don't want them to have to Mother, go through father. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, like I like I say all the time, that's why we want all types of different aspects from right. about addiction on here. Um, we're we're looking to get first responders, um, police, um, you know, 
the people that have to deal with us. Right. Um, I'm going to address something here real quick. There's a woman who made a comment about me joking about having a, son, a child at 13. I, it, it's not a joke. Um, I'm sorry if I offended you by that. Um, you know, it was a very long time ago, and it pretty much catapulted me into my addiction. So I don't think it's a joke. Hmm. Um, did I speak about it lightheartedly? Yes, I did. Um, well, that's the thing. When when you walk into a meeting, you can hear all sorts of stuff that that you couldn't normally joke about, right. and everybody's laughing about it because we are we're like. Uh, What's the book says? Something about uh, surviving a shipwreck? Yes. We're like survivors of a shipwreck. Yes. You know? So can... if I did offend you, I apologize. Um, but it is by no means a joke to me. Um, None of it truly is a joke. No. However, we can we can joke about it now. And and this, this, this is a, a recovery podcast. Um, it's yeah. kind of, you know, it, it's something that I, I still deal with today. You know, being forty six years old, so you know, mm. it, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. You know, it was, it was a joke. Did I? You know, at the time, I'm, I bet you certainly wasn't a joke. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I was, no. <laughs> I, I was stuck in in counseling. I was stuck in, um, you know, all kinds of things. I was thirteen years old. I didn't even know how to do what I was doing. Obviously, because the results were not. What I had expected <laughs> at all, expected. Yeah. you know, yeah, you had no idea, right? Um, and so, you know, that's that's the thing. And and, and please try not to uh, to take any offense to what we say. We're not like professionals here. No, just, no, uh, I'm uh, trying to help in any way we can. I'm, I'm just a blue collar guy. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we both have jobs, and we're not getting paid here. Yeah, you know, so. just trying trying to bring awareness, and that is just part of my story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like if you can't laugh about your story. Yeah, You're and, just and gonna be miserable you know you had you had said point. that your mom had become your mom was a teenage mom. Yeah, you know, so like I identified with that, you know. Um, but right. again, right. if I offended you, my mom I, was I a teenage mom too. Yeah, yeah, and and so. look, you know, look where we ended up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So my mom is the strongest person I've ever known. Yeah. You know exactly. You know, like I I I agree with that as well. Like my mother. Busted her ass to mm. provide for us, and what she couldn't cover for, I had I took care of. I right. was working at twelve years old. I was working at thirteen years old. You mm. know, I was giving my mother room and board, fifty bucks a week at twelve years old, until I moved out at oh, I don't know seventeen, eighteen. Right, like people don't even room and board. What's that? What's room and board? <laughs> no, I paid for my room. You know, like I, right. I, I gave my mom money. You know, if I wanted school clothes, I had to go put a layaway on, you know, <laughs> or I wore the same stuff I wore last year, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway. now what's what's going on today with you? How how are things? Um, They're good. Um, So I work full time at a daycare. Um, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, it's good. It's a good job. Yeah. Kids, um, kids can be fun. Yeah, they can be fun. They can be stressful. Yes, <laughs> that, that they can too. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it's good. Um, you know, I'm trying to focus on, you know, what I kind of want to do for the rest of my life. Um, it's definitely not a preschool teacher. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, whoever can do that, God bless them because yeah. it's a hard, hard job. I've only been doing it for a year and I'm already like burnt out. Actually, before yeah. before we came here, before I came here tonight, um, I was at my daughter's school and we were doing bingo for books. <laughs> so and it was a bunch of preschoolers and yeah. it was it was a riot. You know what I mean? Because oh, they're yeah. not doing numbers; they just everybody wins. Yeah. They, it was it was the alphabet. There was nine blocks. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna win, and like you could see the disappointment in these little kids' faces. Like oh, I didn't get the X. Like oh, you know. But it's like, hang on, kid, because it's coming. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that, like yeah. to be able to participate in that is, you know, yeah. fantastic. Yes, yeah. absolutely, blessing. Yeah. Cute, yeah. Um, All right, you know, well, I'm, I'm just trudging along, I guess. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and you know we really appreciate you, you know, 
coming on yeah, here. Yeah, thanks a lot for sharing your story. I, yeah. I know, I know for a fact that someone out there is going to listen to this and yeah, it must be like, have oh, some. you know, you know who needs to hear this, right? You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's why we do this. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we we were at an event the other night um, over the weekend, and and like these people are they're like painting blankets for the homeless. You know, like, yeah, yeah. We the connections and networking that we've we've done through this and 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 with this like you know if if there's something coming up and you guys want us to be there like let us know message yep. us we do uh, live events yeah it's not it's not that difficult to broadcast live from somewhere all we need is uh internet connection and some power yeah and we were broadcasting live and there was a dj going on at the same yeah. time yeah it, it, it actually sounded good. good yeah it sounded <laughs> good you yeah, know, they, we for, got we got music jamming in the background, but you could still hear the speakers. Yeah, and, you know, for a couple of ex junk boxes, we did. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, thank you again. Yes, yeah, thank and, you for uh, having me. Appreciate you coming on, everybody. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Uh, please um, go check out the audio podcast. You know, while you're doing your dishes, yes. or you're mowing your lawn, or not just yep, shoveling or, your lawn, or, or driving to work, so that you're not. You know, flipping the universal sign to the guy in the lane next to you. Right. Um, but once again, LOL. Yeah. LOLterms.com, um, Apple Podcast, Google Play, like, Facebook share. Group. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, if, share, subscribe. If, if anyone needs any help, anyone wants to share their story, please message us, reach out to us. YouTube, um, check out YouTube maybe sometimes. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, share, share this post, share everything. Yeah. Share it all. Share and share alike, yes. I always say. Yes. <laughs> all right. Share and give a like. <laughs> all right. Peace. Thank you guys. I live in this world full of anger and hate and nobody is safe in this place overcome me. Trying to stay sane.